Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and importantly some of your very own personal stories. I want to thank you for being part of Mike's Open Journal as guests, as visitors, as speakers, as listeners. Welcome to the world of mental health. And remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode 138. I hope you've had a, a great day. I hope you've had a great week. I hope there's been a few things that you can kind of look back and reflect on and feel like that was a really positive experience that made you really happy and made you smile. Um, I always think it's nice to try and look back uh, and recognise some of those positive things. I have noticed more and more that it's something I generally don't do. Um until I sit down and record something and I'm like, oh guys, I hope you've looked back. I'm like, ah, crap, I haven't done that. Um, so actually, yeah, taking a moment to kind of stop and reflect. Um, and I mean, even if you just, you're listening to this now, just stop the podcast for a minute. Have a think about maybe how your week has been or the last couple of weeks and, and what positive things have, have been happening for you um, in that time. As always, I want to thank you guys for... I'm assuming you've unpaused it again and you're you're back with me. (laughs) Um, Thank you for subscribing, for playing, uh, downloading the episode. Um, If you haven't subscribed already, please do. Uh, It it helps me um, know that the more people are listening to to the podcast. But it also means that when the new episodes do come out, they're, they're automatically downloaded to your devices. Um, so you don't have to wait for me to tweet out, oh, there's a new episode. Make sure you download that one uh, if you just subscribe. It makes it a lot easier for, for everyone. It makes it easier for everyone. So just do it, please. Please, please subscribe. <laughs> um, I also want to mention that uh, I'm delighted to be joined uh, again by another new guest today. But if you are interested in coming onto the podcast in the future, um, you can find out a little bit of information about that at the website which is mikesopenjournal.com and you can see the information about most of the previous guests that have been on to the podcast as well with links through to their episodes um, as well. 
But as I mentioned, today I'm joined by another guest. Uh, so today I'm joined by Laura, and it's a conversation I've been looking forward to having for a long time now. Uh, Laura is someone that I have known and spoken to on and off uh, for a few years, a couple of years, few years. Uh, so I'm really excited to sit down, hear a little bit more about her experiences and her life, essentially, um, and also her campaign, the hashtag It Affects Me campaign. And yes, when I said hashtag, I did do the thing with the fingers and damn it, isn't that I feel old now? Anyway, um, so it was really cool to sit down and have a chat with with Laura and there are a couple of things that we sort of touch on but maybe don't go into as much in this episode and a few things I'd really like to sit down and have a chat with Laura about in the future so hopefully um, I'm going to convince her to come back on uh, later this year where we're going to talk about a few different things as well but today is very much about um, kind of getting an introduction to Laura her experience um, and the campaign and I really hope that you guys are able to um, obviously enjoy this episode but you're able to take something away and maybe go and check out um, the material, the resources, the um, videos uh, that are still available for the campaign as well. So if you just search that, I'm sure most social media sites are probably just on Google will be fine. Um, and you'll get up some information about Laura and the campaign as well. So please, please do do that. Uh, it's an amazing campaign. Um, it's a really important for a number of different reasons that I think we we kind of touch on through this episode. So not going to go into that too much other than to say this is an amazing episode. You must sit down and listen. And if you've got this far, you probably are going to do that, hopefully. Um, so <laughs> yes, thank you so much for continuing to be part of the podcast. And here is this week's episode. How has your weekend been or how's the last week been for you, Laura? Oh, to be honest, it's been blooming lovely. Um, it's been Easter, so it's been really, you know, full of celebrations, and um, the sun has been amazing. So and um, although I did, uh, I think after all the Easter celebrations, I went out and had one too many beers at the pub, <laughs> and so had that's like you know after a night out and you've when you've drunk too much, especially if you have anxiety or mental. Um, health struggles my anxiety goes through the flipping roof the next day if I've drank too much so I was sort of um had a little bit of that heart palpitation-y stuff but um but my remedy because I live in Brighton is I just run into the sea um because cold water swimming for me has been such a tool for helping with that Mm. and I think it's the shock of the cold water it just brings you into that moment so you you physically cannot be in your head and um yeah so living here has been amazing but yeah Easter was great um and then I've just had um a chicken Kiev and potato waffles so yeah very happy (laughs) (laughs) that does sound quite nice (laughs) oh I find the cold water thing's really interesting because I've definitely noticed recently like the draw to um uh, it's weird or it, maybe it isn't weird I don't know it feels weird of touching trees <laughs> um no I think there's definitely and something yeah that. I I remember um being at little school and probably being I don't know eight or nine years old and I used to love there was like this tree in the field and I'd always sit next to this particular tree and I remember spending loads of time then I loved it and um 
recently I've sort of kind of looked back and gone, oh, in the last couple of years I've really enjoyed like being outside and walking, but often it's I'm listening to something or I'm overthinking certain things and I'm not actually kind of connecting or being mindful about that time. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about going out into the water and that shock of the coldness and it's that, it's not just doing it, it's that connection with it, isn't it? I think that's yeah, kind I of what I'm getting from... It. And I, I completely understand the touching trees thing because they are ancient and they ground you so much in creation and in just in being and this connection with the universe and I think it automatically makes you feel small Mm. and makes it helps you put stuff into perspective I think and that I don't know I, I feel like in society at the moment we are so much in our heads because you know because of technology and social media we are we're not we connect with each other but it's on a virtual level it's not not you know, physical and touch. And I think touch in a way and connection with nature can be so healing because it just grounds you in we're part of something really pretty fucking cool. Oh, am I allowed to say Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, fine. Chris. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I'll say it again. <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> and massive. That is, I don't know, it's almost beyond our comprehension. And I think trees especially, they... I don't know. I think they represent a certain wisdom, really. Mm. You know, I'm going Pocahontas on you now with Mother Willow, but if you are a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> you no, know. it is that it's that side, isn't it? I think of like you said, actually, that there's huge benefits to the way we are connected with technology now. Um, the fact that we are able to talk as we are, yeah. Um, but it often seems like it's kind of sold as, oh, you have to be one or the other. You're either for like modern technology and being engaging over like social media or you're against it and you're out walking the streets and just talking to people face to face it's like actually it's about kind of blending those two and utilizing kind of the modern technology but also not forgetting some of that real um I guess maybe more emotional um connection that comes with some physical stuff yeah completely I think it's it's all about balance like Obviously, social media has its downfalls, but then it's also such a tool for spreading spreading the word about things. For instance, my campaign would never have happened to the extent that it did if it wasn't for social media and the gift that that brought to it with how many people it could reach. But I think I think what it is is with communication, whether it's you know, on social media or face to face, it's something about the authenticity in it. Mm. It's about how you communicate with people. If it's, you know, honest, true, kind, real, then it can be across any medium and it still affects people. But, you know, I think because social media has that element to it where you can hide behind something, that's, I think, how it can produce quite dangerous communication. But I think with everything, if you're wholehearted and honest, then it can be used for good, I think. Yeah, and I think because I, I really, I need to remember like one of these particular research or article posts because I remember having a look at a, a couple, I think it was last year, there were a few that looked at like the difference between having like anonymous accounts and accounts that 
um, like list your your actual name or like your location or have a picture of your real face um, and the difference in the way that people act and the draw for certain social medias where you don't have to kind of verify yourself mm. um, and that was it was really interesting and they sort of pushing that idea of um, the less um, obviously people don't want to be watched but like the more you're watched the more you do generally keep to not necessarily like social norms but actually your truer self of how you would be in real life um, yeah the people being held accountable mm, yeah by your like, face by your name yeah and I, what it, people perceive of that it is yeah it is really interesting to kind of I guess yeah it's it's a new way of forming an identity as well and seeing how how that changes for you in different settings but I guess being aware of yeah the potential danger but also the way are you are you kind of benefiting from that in that you're exploring different things that you might be thinking or feeling Mm. um, or are you also kind of missing out on actually are you now really only connecting to people through a screen which I think is quite limiting yeah I agree um but and I think it's quite dangerous because I think that can become quite easy Mm. and to do and can become quite a comfort zone for people I think because you know obviously you can have all these amazing connections with other people over social media but it almost especially if you're struggling with like agoraphobia or Mm. you know heightened anxiety or depression it it can give you the excuse not to venture into the real world as well yeah, and that's a really nice, like, the if you're struggling with or affected by symptoms related to acrophobia, like, how much of a benefit can being able to connect with people or see sites that you might not be able to see yeah. be, that's an absolutely amazing tool. But like you say, is it also a hindrance because does it make you kind of maybe um, like test yourself? or expose yourself a little bit less because you have the opportunity to kind of be involved or fulfill certain desires without pushing yourself to um, experience some of those exposures. Yeah, it's a really difficult balance, isn't it? Mm. Um, Mm. Because, yeah, it can be an amazing tool for combating isolation in that way. Um, But then does it keep you in that? Who knows? Maybe both. <laughs> probably both, I think. Yeah, probably. Both. <laughs> um, I think most things are normally both. <laughs> you did. You did mention your your campaign there as well, and it'd be interesting, I guess, to to maybe go a little bit further back um, and hear a little bit about you and about what's gone into um, your life experiences that kind of led up to um, the campaign existing. Uh, and just getting a bit of background on yourself kind of before we speak about the campaign. Yeah, of course. So um, it was three years ago now, which is absolutely bonkers to think about. But um, yeah, I I started a campaign called uh, Hashtag It Affects Me, where I asked people all over the world to take a selfie with a post-it note on their head that said um, Hashtag It Affects Me to show the universality of mental illness and how it really has no prejudices about who it affects and um amazingly it took off and um at the time it reached about 3.5 million people around the world which is unbelievable and then um my friend Camilla did uh she's a bit of a um a good one with 
uh, stats and things. She did a Google. Uh, I'm not very good with technology. But she, did a, <laughs> she did a Google, Google thing. <laughs> she did a Google thing, and um, it told it, analysis. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. That's the badger, and it said that it's now reached 96 million people, which wow. is amazing, and um, it overwhelms me every day at how um, how many people stuck their head above the parapet for it and um yeah it, it sort of well it began um it began because I had um I guess what you call a mental breakdown about three years ago but it's to be honest it began a lot longer ago than that so my, my dad when I was younger and still now he he struggles with manic depression and when I was 19, he made quite a few suicide attempts and um, I found the note and became responsible for his care. And um, it left me with uh, underlying anxiety and OCD and panic attacks. And um, throughout my 20s, I sort of it would come in waves, but it was at that point where I uh, well I thought I was managing it and then um and then the true story really is that um it was three years ago I I fell in love basically I fell in love oh. and um met a man and we began a relationship um one of my triggers for OCD was if I didn't hear from people because mm. of what happened with dad I my OCD would basically tell me that they'd committed suicide or they died or this, that and the other. And um, my ex-boyfriend and I were planning on going on holiday. And um, the night before we left, I couldn't get hold of him because his uh, he'd fallen asleep with his phone on silent, as people do sometimes. Mm. But I, um, unfortunately, it, it triggered a post-traumatic stress disorder episode and my OCD went through the roof and I basically sort of became paralyzed really with these thoughts and yeah I collapsed really and it just took me over I think because it triggered everything that happened with dad and and then um I basically couldn't manage any of the symptoms and I ended the relationship because of it and then I, I went to my doctor and my therapist and said look this is what's happened I, well I hadn't been to therapy I, I decided to go to therapy because of what happened because I didn't understand it I didn't know what had happened in my head really and I sat down um, in front of this therapist and just went, blah, 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 this is what's happened. And then she just looked at me and and she said, you've got OCD. You've got relationship OCD specifically. And, um, and she handed me a, a sheet of paper with all the information on it. And it was like verbatim reading what had happened in my head and... I just remember breaking down because it was so much of a relief, um, liberation, but also terrifying to have a, a diagnosis and a, a label and to sort of read it in black and white what had happened in my head. 
and um and I I think because for the six months I'd been I basically sort of been paralyzed to my bed really because the thoughts were so stampeding and the only way I could sort of get away from them was to listen to Desert Island Disc podcast on repeat which I mean it's funny because I used to love it I can't listen to it now because it just reminds me so much of that time but it was the only way I could quiet the thoughts at the time and then after um my the therapist gave me the diagnosis and I began to slowly get help with CBT and antidepressants and actually learning about what OCD and relationship OCD is it was then that I I tried to I I guess get back with my ex-boyfriend but it we couldn't it was too broken and there was too much pain there and I just remember sitting on my bed and um I said a little prayer and I just said please do something good with all this pain please help me turn this pain into something good and honestly I've never experienced anything like it the idea just fell into my head (laughs) I looked up and there was the post-it notes and then this the words just were there and then I started I made a video and um asked people to to do the selfies and then it just it just took off amazingly um I think because it is something that you know we all have experiences of in various degrees and I think it's something that just needs a voice and what you do on your podcast Mike is amazing because it's such a relatable way of talking about it because actually when you're struggling all you want is someone to have a cup of tea with and I think that's what your podcasts are, really. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice to, I think it's nice to be part of those conversations as well and to hopefully in some way, um, very much like uh, your campaign was around, encouraging people to be aware that so many different people are affected by so many different things and Mm. it's okay just to sit down and talk about it and sometimes I think oh there are certain conversations that we go into real depth on and they're not necessarily serious topics and sometimes they are really serious and sometimes a really serious topic is kind of skimmed over and it's like well it's kind of a natural conversation sometimes you do go into something a lot more and there are some people that have come on and we've kind of skimmed over parts of their story and I thought oh there was so much more there to explore but it just wasn't right this time Um, and that's the beauty I think of of the conversations for me is actually showing you know if you enjoy the episodes like it's something that you can go away and do with anyone else it's yeah if we can have a conversation and we can't even see each other Like, how much more easier can it be just to um, kind of grab your friend and go for a walk or go for a drink and and sit down and have a conversation? Yeah, I I think that's absolutely right. And it's, you know, I I remember when we did... um, we did a video for World Mental Health Day, which you were a part of, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And we basically did a shout out to people to send us a little snippet. We sent out a set, a set of questions to send out a little snippet of their experiences with mental health and what could be improved, what could be changed, you know, just 
just how people feel about it and mm. the response was I mean it was overwhelmingly it was it was just brilliant um but what was so enlightening was how many different people from all walks of life sent us those videos you know there were people of all ages there was a 14 year old who struggled with anorexia there was a 70 year old whose son had just committed suicide there was you know a, a 35 year old businesswoman who suffered with panic attacks it was people from all walks of life and in a way all having a conversation with each other just by putting their thoughts out there mm. Mm. Yeah. and being I guess um kind of willing to sort of stand up and show yourself and be part of that um, campaign and to give your voice to it and to voice an opinion or to share an experience I is, think that's it. it's such a huge thing for for everyone that's involved but I think particularly when you're talking about people that have never done it before and it's amazing yeah. to see um particularly the two the, the two campaigns that, that you've led but there are others as well where um it provides people with an opportunity that maybe aren't going to go out and lead a campaign or they're not going to have their own like vlogging channel or their own blog but they are kind of they're willing if there's an opportunity to get involved um and to be part of that and I think that's where um people like yourself and, and really proactive campaigners come in and kind of provide people with an opportunity to safely uh, and confidently kind of air their voice and show their experience and and share that with other people as well yeah I think that's right it's it's almost giving people a catalyst to mm. open those conversations and you know I remember seeing so many different Facebook posts from people when they share their selfie and they'd actually write their story with the selfie mm. and I remember having a chat with a woman who I'd, I'd never met before and and she said you know you and all the other people putting those things on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram it meant that I could speak to my husband because I could say you see those people with that note on their head well you know me too mm. and just giving people that opener into a conversation I guess it's like time to talk day and like so many other amazing campaigns that have happened it's just it's giving people that in I think because it can be such a hard conversation to start and you know being vulnerable is really fucking brave mm. like really brave mm. every single person who shares their struggles or their stories whether it's publicly or just over a cup of tea with someone that is a big leap that we take and a trust in the other person and in the people and I remember when I first put that post-it note on my head and took the photo and shared it it was a really a leap of faith in trusting people and trusting the world with how would they respond to it mm. and actually it was you know there is such faith to be found in people because at the end of the day people want to help and they want to talk and I, I don't know I, I always remember this when I, my OCD was at its worst I was on the a train on the tube in fact and I was uh, crying on the tube and um, 
this woman before she got off the train she handed me a note and it said you are so special and loved my many and for me that sort of represented everything Mm -hmm. like a stranger coming out of nowhere and giving me this note to let me know that I was loved and that somehow there is always hope even in your darkest times um and yeah I think that sort of spurred it on really (laughs) it's like the it's that quiet support I guess isn't it like you say that that stranger that gives you a smile or, or passes you that note and there have been a couple of people not not many, but there have been a couple of people that have mentioned a stranger conversation and the impact that it has, it seems so much more profound because it is, it's arguably someone that has no investment in you. Um, They could quite easily ignore you, pretend they haven't seen you or not care or carry on about their day. But the fact that they've taken a moment to stop and to talk or to smile, to acknowledge or pass you a note, really um it somehow makes it more poignant yeah yeah I think and it seems to have left a lasting image with those people as well that they've yeah um, I think it's because there's no um there's no sense of obligation mm. like it's you don't have to do this because you know me or because you're my family or whatever it's it's although if there is an obligation it's because it's an obligation to humanity. Mm. It's you going, I've seen someone in distress and making that leap to reach out to them. It's, but yeah, I, yeah. I completely I suppose it's that way that we agree. sort of, I guess we, in our, with that kind of that negative overthinking mind, we, we, we want to, maybe not want to, but we, we tried to dismiss that support or that possibility or that positive thing about ourselves. And if someone says, actually, you, you're beautiful or you're uh, you're achieving so much so proud of you or you're mm. so valued um it's easy to go well yeah you're saying that because you're my family member or you're my friend or my partner yeah. or whoever or you want me to do this job or whatever so you're going to tell me that positive thing just to kind of push me forward rather than yeah that person that doesn't know you that isn't requesting or asking or expecting anything from you um, can be it's taken just in a, a very genuine gift of kindness mm. and it's that kindness where it doesn't count the cost it's not expecting return it's not expecting anything other than it's a gift mm. Mm. you know and I think one of the things that I noticed um with your campaign particularly at the time was it was I'm trying to think because it's a few years back now it was yeah. one of the first I'm now, <laughs> it was um it was one of the first if not the first campaign that I'd really seen that kind of wholeheartedly had a mixture of um kind of uh, I guess well-known or celebrity endorsement alongside just Steve from down the road yeah and there was no priority given to one person over another um and it was a really nice mixture of of people and I think when um when I'd seen you because I think you did a couple of 
um, TV appearances and things when you were talking about the campaign, there was never like a uh, uh, like a name drop or anything like that. It was actually look at all of these people, like everyone is experiencing this. Yeah. And and that value of actually um, a positive thing of people talking and sharing that, but actually that real, uh, I guess, like the campaign protest side of look how many people are affected by this, there needs to be change. Yeah. I think that's it. it. It was always about the universality of it always and to be honest I think the fact that Steve from down the road and (laughs) I think the fact that there were people from all walks of life doing Mm. it is probably what actually spurred the celebrities that did contribute to do so Mm. I think because they could see how many people were coming out for it and you know I, I think I think it was a brilliant thing that they they did and they joined the campaign. But actually, for me, that has never been the big thing about mm. it. it. It was always just the sheer amount of everybody yeah. that did it. I mean, the only one I really got excited about was Dr. Carl Kennedy from Neighbours. <laughs> but that's a personal thing. and that's, gonna be... <laughs> that's just something between me and Carl, OK? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear no i i just yeah it really it always felt like um yeah this is great because it's an extra person not sort of like oh we finally made it because now this person has um kind of joined the team to so to speak so um i yeah i really liked that side of it so like how kind of going from that that experience that you spoke about where it's it's very personal it's um, your lived experience with your family and with a relationship in, in, in yourself to to then be kind of in that position of, oh, I, I had this really cool idea and I started it and now all of a sudden it's become a campaign and I'm talking to a much larger audience. How did that feel in terms of kind of that shift in process of, um, I guess potentially like how you felt in terms of your responsibility to talk about certain things yeah it um it was a huge learning curve for me and it because at the time I I sort of became a bit of an advocate for it I guess Mm. and have since um gone and given lots of talks at schools at universities and businesses and churches and all sorts of places to be honest and it it has always felt like a responsibility, but never a negative one. Always actually just something that I feel really proud to be able to talk about. And I think the way that I've done it is I have never, ever claimed to be an expert mm. on any of this stuff. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just someone who has gone through some stuff. And I think that's how I've approached it is always well I will just talk honestly from where I'm at Mm. um with it all and um and if people can relate to that then that's fucking brilliant and um I I think to be honest I think the way that I've always approached speaking about it is making sure that it's fueled with hope Mm. I think um because I think when you're struggling, that is something that is really hard to remember, um, that it exists. And 
I think definitely the campaign was a movement of hope. Like it really felt like everybody joining their voices together saying, you know, there is huge suffering in this, but also we are not alone. And I think there is huge strength in that. And, um, but yeah, it, it, to be honest, it felt like a privilege to mm. be a, a speaking point, a, a speaker for mm. it. And, um, and actually everywhere I've gone, there has been such a warm reception to it. And every time I've spoken, um, whether it's been in the news or on the radio or at, um, at an event, there has always been people coming up to me afterwards saying me too and thank you and we need to talk about this which just drives me on you know because none of us are perfect you know every time before I speak I say to myself Laura you are a work in progress don't it don't try to be perfect when you're talking just be a human being (laughs) who's gone through some stuff like the rest of us um yeah, so that, that is a long <laughs> answer to your question. I know, I really like that. I think there are, yeah, there are times when you really want to sit down and hear a, a certain type of professional talk. Um, but I think so often it comes, it's what's, what's the purpose of what you're doing? And if it's to encourage um, anyone or everyone to ha- go away and have conversations, you kind of, lead from example and say actually yeah I'm really fortunate because I've done this a few times now and I've, I've built my confidence in talking about this and along the way mm-hmm. I've, I've learned different things but I'm not someone that's been kind of trained or qualified or educated on this yeah. I've just learned yeah. as I've gone along um, and I really like that side of it because that's the the purpose of so much of what I enjoy doing but also what I want to encourage is that anyone can go away and have these conversations and I've loved sitting down and talking to people that have um, more knowledge or more education than myself and there are little bits Mm -hmm. that you can kind of pick out um, from their knowledge and then there have also been people that like me don't have um, the education or or the qualifications around um, science, mental health, psychology, um, sociology, anything like that they've got lived experience Um, and through them I have learned about agoraphobia about OCD and about a range of other illnesses and I have that understanding that actually some of the things that they've mentioned other people might not experience even with the same illness Um, but it's given me an insight into some of the things that somebody could be affected by and how that's affected them Um, and that's only been possible because they've been prepared to share their story and I yeah. think it's it's easy to say oh someone shouldn't use that phrase or someone should know about this or you should be able to support someone with this illness and like well why though who who's had a conversation with that person no. to allow you can them to only be able to do that from exactly where you are mm. you have to meet people where they are because otherwise you're putting your own expectations on them and that's mm. not fair mm. I think the beauty in in having a mix of people that you chat to. So some experts, some people with lived experience, all of this difference is a teacher. 
you know, when we are alongside people who are different from ourselves, whether it's intellect, whether it's experience, whether it's, you know, sexuality, race, gender, any of that stuff, we are constantly learning and evolving. Mm. And the only way we can do that is by accepting other people as they are. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is, though, because I do think sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I love spending time with people that think a similar way to me. But sometimes it is a little bit boring because <laughs> you just agree on everything and there's yeah. nothing to discuss and debate. And I think if you talk to people with a different viewpoint to yourself, it will either reshape and reform what you think or it will reaffirm it. And what a positive experience to have to go, actually, no, yeah. I really do think or believe that. And that's yeah. a really cool thing to have. And I think it's difficult to have that if just everyone around you is kind of agreeing or is of the same mindset I don't think there's much personally I don't feel that will be a a kind of a learning or developing environment for me yeah I agree I I agree it's it's that thing isn't it of it's how you disagree Mm. it's whether you can do it with kindness and fairness and with actual listening Mm. you know I think I don't want to talk about Brexit but I think our country (laughs) at the moment could do with a bit of kind disagreement because you know not everyone is going to agree because Mm. our country is a massive example of that at the moment but I think the way we've they've we've all it hasn't brought out the best in people Mm. and I think it is when there are differences it's about how you share those differences and whether you come at it from sort of a real dual thinking point of view like there is only a yes or a no there's only a black or a white or whether you can go these two things can sit alongside each other Mm. whether you can have you know all these ideas alongside each other and admit that they all exist rather than saying mine is 100% right and yours is 100% wrong it's always just it's just that thing, isn't it, of always doing it with kindness and yeah. listening, properly listening. I think we had the, uh, was it like the nine-month period where we had um, the American election, our elections, and then the referendum. And mm. um, I remember there was a really, it's, an, uh, it's another one I should remember, there was a really good article <laughs> that looked at um, why people were voting for but not talking publicly about why they would vote for Trump uh, conservatives and for Brexit and they were saying because everything's put across as oh you can have your own view but if you vote for Trump conservatives or for Brexit then you are wrong Um, and it's that mindset of actually encouraging people well yeah no one is going to talk about that and so you're not going to understand or be able to have those discussions because no one wants to say actually for whatever reason I agree with or I support this person or this party mm. um, and then you end up in a, a mindset of actually oh, anyone that votes for that person is um, wrong, an idiot, evil yeah, or whatever. you just condemn them and then it's the same the other way yeah, around. Yeah. You know, anyone who voted for Leave, blah, 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 is yeah. a liberal, lefty, hippie, doodah, whatever. You know, it's we get into name calling very mm. quickly mm. and you... But you also have to look beyond it and go, okay, but why are these people voting that way? Mm. Why are people voting leave or why are people voting remain? What What is instigating that yeah. in people? And also thinking, actually, I don't have to change someone's opinion or I don't have to agree with it. 
actually just to get an insight into why they've chosen to do that could could be enough and that's really interesting yeah. and I I still I'm surprised often why um like in workplaces and amongst friends people to kind of have a real reluctance to talk about who they vote for yeah um and I find that hugely interesting um because I, I it is, it's a re- it's a really private thing isn't yeah it? Even, even in friendship groups you know it's it does I wonder if it's something to do with like a fear or about intelligence somehow of you know when you actually voice who you voted for mm. not all of us have the capacity to argue for it or even the knowledge yeah. or the information to say this is why mm. and I think it's you know a real um I think you know Brexit and all of this stuff is actually making our country become a lot more politically engaged mm. but I think before that we're we've been a bit lax on it and I think when yeah. people don't have the foundations or the backup knowledge to go I voted for this com- uh, party because blah, yeah. blah 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 I believe in when they say this blah blah blah, blah. but also then I sort of go I think it's also because the parties haven't been clear or it's I, I hard know. isn't it because do it's you really do you say it's it's the party's responsibility to inform you on everything or, or is, is it, it your, your responsibility, responsibility to be, to be informed? Yeah, because I remember talking to someone and saying, um, uh, I think one year I was having a conversation. It's like, you should vote. You've got the opportunity to vote. You sh- whoever you want to vote for, that's fine. But you really should be voting. And then the next year, talking to someone else and saying, and they sort of said, look, I'm not going to vote because I'm not, I'm not educated enough. I don't really know what the different parties are, so I'm not going to vote. And I remember sort of saying to them, oh, well, actually, that's a very um, practical, very sensible decision mm. to make. And sort of say, I'm not just going to throw my vote in one particular way because I don't really understand it. And um, I think I was recently speaking to somebody else and I was kind of reflecting on these two very different almost sides of an argument or sides of the conversation that I'd taken in different years and I thought is it yeah it's great that they were kind of aware enough to say ah oh, at the moment I don't know but isn't it a shame that they then didn't go well I really do want to vote so yes, I'm going to find well, out find something out. to and it doesn't have to be you don't have to understand it all there might be one particular thing that really draws your interest or your passion and that's what kind of ties you in. And it's okay to say I don't understand all of it, but there's this one particular thing that really matters to me, and that's why I voted. I think that's okay. Yeah, me too. There's a country, I can't remember which country it is. I was chatting to someone, I think it's Australia, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, where they fine you if you don't vote. Oh, it's... yeah, I don't know if it is Australia. Uh, it might be. Uh, the, the, yes, I've definitely heard that. Yeah, there I is. think it's... Um, and I want to say potentially it's more than one country as well. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, um, and yeah. I, I guess with doing that, it's sort of that thing of going, actually, every single person who lives in this country is accountable mm. for how we want this country to be run, I guess, and making everyone responsible in that. Um, I do like, as much as it's a bit, in your face, I do like the side of like if you don't vote, then you can't argue against what happens. I'm like <laughs> that's actually I, I kind of, I'm kind yeah. of okay with that. Like, well, you've got an opportunity to vote. It doesn't matter if you if the person you vote for isn't elected or is elected. That's fine. But you've got an opportunity. You've been involved. 
and kind of engage in that conversation if you've kind of opted out and decided not to be involved at all i can see an argument there for saying actually well you've got a viewpoint you're saying it's really bad that this person is saying or doing this you had an opportunity to be involved and you chose not to so yeah i had a couple of friends who did that they didn't vote in the referendum and then were upset about the result and i was like well um we've drifted a long way <laughs> which no i love oh God, i love that was definitely my fault. i'm all about the drifting um so we kind of um we obviously spoke uh, a lot about the campaign but that having been uh a kind of based on a couple of years ago now um kind of what is your i guess what's your experience or your mindset around um either your own or just in general um kind of the the world of mental health at the moment and moving forward um well I think the brilliant thing at the moment is that it is so much more in the media Hmm. and people are being a lot braver about talking about it and um even just in normal conversations I've noticed that a lot of my friends or people who I just meet like saying the words mental health is not as taboo as it used to be and it's it's I mean it's that danger isn't it of you know when you don't want things to become a buzzword like a an issue of the moment or because I think sometimes there can be or there has been talk about you know mental health issues being glorified a little bit Mm. or um, it becoming a fad or things like that, which I think is really dangerous mm. and is also a fine balance between having it in the conversation and whether it becomes something that's cool to have or mm. whatever. But um, I think I think it is a lot more um, getting a lot more visibility, which is yeah. brilliant in my eyes, because I think the more it can be classified on the same level as physical health, the better for everybody you know I, I think in the end it should just be health rather than yeah mental and, and physical because actually they're so intertwined so mm. intertwined I've had so many conversations with people who are saying in fact only just today I had a conversation with a guy who was um a bassist in a band saying how um his band member got an inner ear infection and actually that inner ear infection made him lose utter confidence in his music and then he developed anxiety and depression because of that ear infection and he just kept blowing my neck like ever it is all so linked we are just you know one being mm. they're not separate and um yeah i think um there are definitely times when i uh, I think people do kind of take advantage of the fact that it's a, a more spoken about thing, that there are people that uh, lean on either the system or on their friendship groups or their workplace uh, and will imply a greater illness than they have. But, mm. I mean, people have done that for decades on mental health. And I think people do health. that with all... They, yeah, they yeah, do that in all sorts of illnesses. I, just, I think... The you know, no matter what the illness, you yeah. can 
people can be knobs sometimes yeah, yeah, you know with yeah. stuff like that it's like the Having idea doesn't preclude you from being a knob yeah. if you know what oh you're that's doing. true <laughs> but, <laughs> i think you know. no it's that idea that oh because some people might take advantage of a system we went and we're not going to talk about it and i'm like well we still have like physical first aiders we still talk about um like going for a walk and fresh air and exercise mm. and we don't stop the fact that some people say they might have a sore shoulder or knee or back when they don't or that they've got yeah. a cold when they don't. And it's just that part of, actually, do you know what? Those times that people are saying that they have something that they don't necessarily have, a lot like, I think, some of the times that people say they're affected by a certain mental health illness or symptoms when they don't, mm-hmm. it's usually because of another underlying problem that needs to be addressed that we're not getting to. Um, yeah. And the times that I have seen... Um, people talk about or express symptoms or illnesses that um, I personally didn't believe, um, which is my personal opinion, so it could be wrong. Um, Mm. It was very much a case of actually all it is is that they're showing me a particular illness or symptoms, which is not what I think they have, but there's there's another thing underneath that that needs to be addressed or looked at or supported. Um, And if we go, oh, we're not going to talk about that because we don't believe you, you've totally missed the point. Um, I think that's the key with everything, though, isn't it? It's to always try and look behind it Mm. to see what lies underneath. Like, um, I think it's the Danes that have this amazing word, and I apologise now if it's not the Danes, but it's somewhere else. I'm not doing very well with my country. Geography is like through the floor at the moment. I got a C, you know, year nine geography. So there we go. But um, there is a Scandinavian country. (laughs) Please tell me Denmark is in Scandinavia. No, I'm just joking. Just joking. Um, Where they have this word that is called uh, sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. And I think the meaning of that word, I'm paraphrasing, but is that every person who you meet is carrying a battle within them and for me that word is everything really Mm. it's you know never judging someone and what they present to you because you don't know what what's there is behind all of it that's a really nice one that's very nice oh sorry no that's uh i might have to go away and have a look at that one but it's interesting yeah look it up and again it all could be wrong. <laughs> it's a different word, spelt differently from a different country. It's a different word, different exactly, continent. and it means something different. But, <laughs> but you know, that sentiment, anyway, <laughs> is everything. And it's not an easy thing to do at all because we're constantly judging people mm. all the time, whether we intend it or not. And actually trying to counter that within yourself, I think, is really important to try and do. Yeah, I think it really nicely ties in with that idea of it's not asking you to stop making those judgments because that's to some extent impossible. It's mm. just recognising that they're there uh, and kind of not overly investing in those in the same way that we talk about um, if you're struggling with certain types of thoughts. Of actually, yeah. It's not about pretending they're not there or trying to struggle or push those. Or actually, it's just going, yep, they're there. And trying not to invest too much in those as well. That's it. That's so, so important. Mm. Like for me, whenever I used to get an OCD thought, my CBT helped me so much to just acknowledge its presence, but not 
invest in it and not try because it's when you try and fight it or hide it or that's when it garners emotion and garners pain and I think actually that's something that I think is good about where mental health is heading at the moment is actually OCD is getting a bit more visibility you know there was this amazing drama called Pure on um I think it's channel four but one of the (laughs) catch-ups one of the channels that are available there is a drama called Pure and it's um about this girl who has pure OCD, which is where it's just intrusive thoughts, which is basically what mine was. Mm. And um, because I think OCD, that term gets bandied around so much and um, it, it, it really upsets me every time someone says, oh, I've sorted my pencil case out. I'm just a bit OCD. And I'm like, you're not, (laughs) you're just organized. And um, I think actually the more we can do to tell people what it actually is, that it is intrusive thoughts that hammer at your brain and can be really debilitating, the better. Because, it, it, you know, when people use that term, it sort of undermines what the people who actually have OCD are going through. Yeah, um, it's that lost form of like that's an actual diagnosis isn't it I think it it becomes a catchphrase and I have to I have to confess to twice um admittedly I was in a set I was in a semi-safe environment of either um established colleagues or friends (laughs) um where yeah OCD was used in a really flippant way and at a later stage in the conversation, I managed to fit in. Oh, that's so cancery, <laughs> and, <laughs> and their, their faces. And I was like, Oh, is that not appropriate? <laughs> but I've only done it. I've only done it twice, and they were very safe environments to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take my hat off to you. That is, yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yes, excellent I, combat work. Very, very sparingly. <laughs> Um, but it's yeah, it is just that side of, of reminding people sometimes actually that that's an illness you're talking about. Mm. Um, I've been one um, because I worked as an actor for a, a long time in in theatre, and um, I left it when I started the campaign because actually that took my heart a little bit more and became more a part of who I was. And I've been working with the homeless mainly in Brighton at the moment, but as sort of a a way of keeping that theatre part of me. I've been doing a lot of spoken word events and writing poetry, which has been freaking awesome. And I wrote a poem about uh, OCD and what it actually is. And um, it had such a good response from people at the event going, I had no idea. And, you know, it's just, um, I think it's all about education, Mm -hmm. really, always. Um. Kind of leading into the kind of the poetry, the writing and the education side. There are a couple of other things that'd be really interesting to talk about. However, I'm mindful of the time that we're clocking up to. Um, so I'm going to cross my fingers and sort of say, we're going to talk about them another time and hope that you're going to come back um, and we can have another conversation about some of the other things. Because I think there's a couple of things that would be really, really interesting to talk um, a lot yeah, more or, about. Yeah, or we can do it now if you want. I don't mind. I can, 
I can shove my other thing back a little bit. No, no, it's fine. Honestly, it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. we'll, yeah, we'll arrange it. I, I'd like to have some dinner soon. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, good. But I yes. recommended chicken Kiev and a potato oh, waffle. Oh, yummy, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I'm pretty low down on food. I think it's going to be like pasta or something rubbish because I don't think I've got much in today. <laughs> so I'm not too hopeful. Yeah, you can do some good stuff with yeah. pasta. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been really, really lovely to sit down and talk to you. Um, Ditto. It's been like a little bit of a a mini goal for quite a long time actually to <laughs> to have you on so I'm I'm really excited. Um oh, thank you so, so much. I am so chuffed that you asked me because you've been such an amazing supporter of the campaign since the beginning and contributing to our video and just you've been an amazing support throughout. So oh. thank you and um please don't stop doing what you're doing with the podcast because they're fantastic. Oh, thank you and thank you for everything not just coming on uh, and being amazing this evening um, but also all of the other stuff that you're doing as well and I think um, yeah there's some other bits that'd be really interesting to talk about in the future but we'll we'll get onto those in another episode but thank you for, for everything that you are also doing oh thank you you well you are more than welcome <laughs> um, and I will well hopefully talk to you again very very soon yeah big time I'd love to it's been it's been awesome Awesome, thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, all right, take care, Mike. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm. they can't appreciate it. Yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, OK, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.